Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Yes, indeed. Good morning. Welcome to our Smart Garden Show on CCO. Mary Meyer is back with us, a member of the Horticultural Science Faculty at the uh, University of Minnesota Extension. Good morning. Happy Thanksgiving to you oh, and yours. Same to you, Denny. Great to be here. Yeah, it's, always a, it's always a pleasure to uh, have you give your expertise to our listeners. Lawns and gardens, well, it's 22 degrees, but as you know... <laughs> Uh, being in the, the business uh, that you're in, that people could talk lawns and gardens 52 weeks a year. Yes, that's right. Plants, and do. Uh, plants are wonderful. Yeah. Plants make us happy and add a great deal to our lives. And I imagine many of our listeners are like me, that suddenly winter is here and yeah. we are looking at plants thinking, wait a minute, I forgot to plant that. Or find a bag of bulbs in our garage and think, oh my goodness, what I, you know, and now, so if any of our listeners are in that situation, we're happy to talk about that. Or what, didn't get the leaves you, uh, off oh, your yard. The leaves, or if your leaves are out there frozen to your lawn, <laughs> That's right. right? So the winter came quickly, I think, this year. So, But it's not the end of the world as far as leaves. Dennis and I no, were talking earlier no. this morning. You can get rid of those in the spring, right? If, uh, well, if, if you can in the spring. I am hopeful that oh. the coming week will <laughs> okay. give us a little bit more... Uh, uh, milder weather, so we can yes, so we can remove. Yeah. The best thing is is uh, to remove the leaves from your lawn. as much if as you they, can. Yeah, if they are covering up your grass, it will be difficult for your grass to live. Things can mat down, uh, more disease issues. So mm. it is a good idea if you can get out there and rake to do that. All right, if you have a lawn or garden question, Mary is the person you want to chat with. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. You can call us right now. And you know we tend to get busy, so don't wait. If you have a question, don't wait till the end of the show. Uh, or text. If it's easier, send Mary a text, 81807, 81807. wanted to ask you, uh, I brought finally, well, not recently because it's been cold, but we brought our uh, Meyer lemon tree in. Yes. Now, uh, what kind of care uh, do, does that need really? as far as watering and everything? Great light. It reads, okay. needs the best sunlight you can give it. So the south side of your home, maybe west, south or west is the best. Uh, tr- uh, Meyer lemons will produce lemons. I've got two trees of my own, and they they take a long time for they the do. lemon to, to grow, and it'll be green for a long time, and then it's yellow and kind of orangey when it's really ripe. But they need really good light. They take a lot of water. Oh, they do? Okay. Yeah, so quite a bit of water, especially if you have it in a clay pot. It will dry out quite quickly. So they need uh, a lot of water. Not so much fertilizer in the winter, but you can still give them a little bit of fertilizer through the winter. They are actually heavy feeders. Oh, they are. Uh, relatively speaking, they're heavy feeders. They they like uh, slightly acid soil conditions. Uh, the Over time, uh, our water is quite alkaline. So you have to be careful. But if you're using uh, liquid fertilizer that is more acidic and in a small container, that can help you keep the uh, acid, uh, which is good for uh, the 
uh, citrus, all citrus like. I uh, didn't haven't fertilized it recently, but it, I did buy some citrus fertilizer. I I did fertilize it, you know, eight weeks ago or so. Yeah, so about once a month in once the winter, a month. Okay. right? Uh, in the summer when they're outside, you can do it more often, even once a week when it's gro- actively growing. Uh, but citrus are fun because they will. Uh, Being evergreen, of course, they grow year-round. They often will have flowers on through the winter as well as their lemons that are growing at the same time. 651-989-9226. If you want to talk to the expert in Mary, 651-989-9226. Or, again, send a text, 81807. Texter says, Hi, Mary, can I still mow or will it damage the grass? Well, if you're, you know, if you're free of snow out there and if it's not frozen. If you're free of snow and it's not frozen, yes, you can still mow. And you will see now our, our soil temperatures are going down and, yeah. and some are right at freezing now. You'll see that if you try to put a shovel in the ground. But as long as the uh, lawn is not frozen itself, uh, when it warms up, you can mow. One of the things about mowing is that, um, again, you don't want your grass to be real long in the winter because that will mat down and cause problems. So I would say when when it's above freezing, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody said they sent a text, uh, Mary, that says, I am already seeing vole tracks in my yard. Is there anything I can do about voles? Yeah, vole, this is so difficult uh, with uh, voles, moles, uh, other even mice damage in lawns and so on. It's That's a difficult problem. There are some commercial traps that you can use, but otherwise it's, it's a very difficult problem. Mm. Yeah, already. Already, yeah. yes. They're moving around because of the winter, changing their, their uh, location, looking for food. That's sure. really what they're doing is looking for food. Uh, Texter, then we're going to get to the phones. Texter says, uh, I notice lots of suckers around my crabapple tree. Is it safe to cut those off now? Yes, it is. Uh, you can cut those off. Uh, suckers are, are uh, problematic but very common uh, with apple trees. Uh, you could actually kind of get a small forest growing up under your apple trees. Yeah, so we're not usually uh, interested in that, and all that energy should really go into the uh, tree itself, into the flowers. You know, let's maybe for newer listeners, Mary, we should mention that great website you uh, you, you you and your colleagues have put together. Yes, Fantastic uh, our extension website, extension.umn.edu. You can click on Yard and Garden. You'll see a lot of resources there. Uh, what insect problems do you have? What's wrong with your plant? Uh, what we do have, lots of resources there. And the link is also there for Ask an Expert to answer, ask and answer questions online. Yeah, well, we'll mention that again like we always like to do on this uh, show. Uh, 651-989-9226 or send Mary a text, 81807. Greg is calling from Burnsville, I believe, with a question. Go ahead, Greg. We're listening. Hi, Mary. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I've got a uh, elm tree in back that drops all its leaves in October. I've got a silver maple in the front that wants to hold on through November and part of December. Does it do any damage? I mean, I'm running out there on 40-degree weather to try and mulch up these leaves and throw them in the yard waste to get the guy to take them away as quick as possible, but it always seems like there's a lot of leaves left. Does it do any harm to leave that on the ground? I mean, a substantial amount. It's not a good idea, Greg, to leave it on the ground. Covering up your lawn uh, just uh, weakens the grass and reduces the amount of 
uh, capacity for it to photosynthesize and grow. So the silver maple is kind of notorious. We have one of those also, and my husband always says he's raking those leaves on Thanksgiving (laughs) because it's just a very late dropper. It's another way that tree just uh, elongates the growing season. It gets another month of growing out of it where other trees have dropped theirs earlier. So unfortunately, it just makes a longer season for us uh, picking up those leaves. But yes, keeping at it will really benefit your lawn. Very good. I want to remind our listeners, Mary, that our friends at By the Yard sponsor the show, maintenance-free outdoor furniture. In fact, I should mention, too, it's time for the holiday gift card promotion. You just visit ByTheYard.net for details, and we thank them for their support of our Smart Garden show. Uh, let's see. Thank you, Greg, for the call. Barb is calling from Rochester, I believe. Barb, you're on CCO. Good morning to both of you. Thank you. I have a hibiscus tree that I am. It was beautiful during the summer outside. I'm attempting to overwinter it inside. So I can bring it inside. The leaves look healthy. They get buds again on them. But before they pop, the buds actually fall off. What? Is it just something that's going to happen because it's inside? Do I fertilize it a little more? What can I do to really successfully overwinter this hibiscus tree? The most important thing is bright light. So put it in the best light conditions that you have. It is possible for it to form flowers and bloom indoors. But these first ones may uh, it may not have the capacity yet because it, it the light level is going to change so much for it that it reduces the amount of food reserves that it has um, in the plant. So it uh, just give it the best light you can. Fertilization, I would say, yes, you can still fertilize it about half or a third of what you were doing when it was outside. Uh, Hibiscus, again, needs a lot of water. Those big leaves, they're very thin. Uh, It will need uh, water regularly, especially maybe even more uh, when it's indoors because it's so dry now in the wintertime. But good light conditions, and yes, you, you can get a hibiscus to flower One thing I will caution you about is uh, you might want to really inspect it well, even put it in your shower and completely wash it off if you didn't do that already because it tends to bring in insects from the outside, spider mites, aphids are... uh, Insects that love hibiscus, so if you can wash those off and clean it up, that will help it as well. All right, very good, Barb. Thank you for the call. Folks on the line, stay there. Don't go away. We're going to take a quick break here, and we'll get some text messages your way, too. Light snow in the Twin Cities, officially 22 degrees, going for 25 today. We'll have a look at that forecast coming up in just a few moments. North winds at 11 now. Again, CCO temp 22. And good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show around every Saturday here on CCO in the 8 o'clock hour. Denny Long along with Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota Extension. Now, we have callers, Mary, as usual, and texters, too. Uh, Let's see who's been waiting. Uh, Louise is calling from Plymouth, I believe. Louise, you're on CCO with Mary. Good morning. 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 We just moved to a new property, which has six beautiful magnolia trees on it. Some are quite mature. Some are very young. And the deer have discovered them, too. And since the leaves have fallen, they are starting to strip the branches. What should we do? 
Oh, Louise, this is a tough thing. I mean, the 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 best thing for deer is um, obstruction, offense, maybe live dogs out there. But short of that, you can try some of the repellents. Repellents that smell like rotten eggs are quite effective uh, for deer. The unfortunate thing is you need to apply them very regularly, like uh, weekly. So you can try repellents. Uh, you can try hanging things like Irish spring soap, uh, human hair, uh, the smell of urine of some wild animals, fox, coyote, wolves, and so on. There are a lot of remedies like that. They work to a limited uh, effect. But any type of obstruction you can put around the magnolias. Deer don't like to walk in things that uh, mess up their legs. So some people have laid tomato cages lying down on their mm. side because that means a deer got to get their feet in there and sure. they can get jumbled up and that makes them uncomfortable. You could try something like that for some type of an obstruction around the trees. Uh, but but good luck with that. That's a tough issue. Oh, magnolias are so beautiful, yeah. and uh, deer wildlife can do such damage so quickly. I think they are our most frustrating yeah, uh, problem for sure. Good luck, Louise, and welcome to your new home. <laughs> Dan in White Bear is on the line. Dan, what's your question for Mary? Yes, yeah, I have three beautiful yucca plants, and I'm wondering how I what I should be doing to. Pull them through the winter. I know they're not local, but uh, I love them. Actually, yucca is native to Minnesota. What Believe is? it or really? not. Yes, it's, it's the southwestern part of the state. Uh, it, yeah, so yucca has a very good hardiness. We have some yucca plants at the Arboretum that have been there uh, now almost as long as the Arboretum. It was the 60th anniversary this year. So I bet those yuccas are almost 50 years old at wow. the Arboretum. So if the plants are um, planted in the ground uh, and they have been well watered. If they're new this year, just make sure that they have some water going into the winter. You could put supplemental mulch on them, some straw, uh, chopped leaves, and so on, but um, that isn't really absolutely necessary. They should uh, they should be fine as long as they're established uh, in the landscape. Okay. 651-989-9226 if you want to call in your lawn or garden question for Mary or send a text, 81807. We have a bunch of text messages, Mary which is not unusual. Here's one. When's the best time to prune overgrown arborvitae trees, viburnum, and spirea bushes? Can I do it now, or should I wait till spring? Uh, let's see. Arborvitae, spirea, and viburnum. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do it now. Uh, anytime through the winter now, you can do that. With a spirea, you might cut off the flower buds for next year. So if you're concerned about flowering, I would wait on the spirea, the arborvita. Uh, I actually do some pruning on my arborvita for Christmas decorations. So you can uh, think about that now. Hmm, okay. So, uh, yeah, other than the losing flowers on spirea, you can prune those now. Again, if it's easier, if you want to send your lawn or garden question via text 81807. Here's another one, Mary. Will a Japanese maple survive here? Well, I used to say no, but now I could say maybe. Mm. In the Twin Cities, now classified as Hardiness Zone 5, um, 
Yes. Uh, Is that we, what we've moved to Zone 5? In the cities. In the Twin Cities. In the cities. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So in the cities uh, and down in uh, the southern part of the state, there are some locations that are Zone 5. And yes, I'm sure there are listeners nodding their heads saying, I have a uh, Japanese maple. But uh, it has to be really a protected location, like uh, a corner on the north side of your house, perhaps, somewhere where you have some protection from winds and so on. And um, at the Arboretum, we have our Japanese maples in pots, and we bring them in for the winter. We do not risk uh, keeping them outside. So it is it is still a risk, and depends on where you live, but uh, maybe. Hmm, all right. Mm-hmm. As they say, it depends. Yes. <laughs> depends. Mary, we have to take a quick break here, reminding our listeners, we have another half hour of the show to go. So if you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, uh, bring it on us uh, either by phone, 651-989-9226, or send Mary your text question at 81807. We'll have a look at that forecast coming right up here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. And good morning. Welcome back to this portion of our Smart Garden Show brought uh, to us by our good friends down near Jordan, Minnesota that make the best patio furniture in the whole world. It's called By the Yard. We'll talk about that great uh, family-run business in uh, just a moment or two. Uh, Mary Meyer is here from the University of Minnesota answering your questions as uh, uh, she, you and your colleagues have really, people love this show. Wow, we love being on the show. Yeah. We hear from a lot of people what their concerns are. It helps us know what people are thinking mm-hmm. about. And, uh, yes, gives us a chance to talk about extension, which is a wonderful uh, public value for the citizens of Minnesota. Yeah, it There's is. a lot of uh, great things to help uh, everyone growing plants and uh, in their whole communities uh, do better. It's great uh, service for our listeners and our yes. citizens here, yeah, for sure. 651-989-9226 if you want to call in your question for Mary or send a text, 81807. Speaking of text, hi, Mary, this says, we had moved three large hibiscus plants, four feet tall, three large geraniums, three feet tall, into our unheated detached garage and forgot about it till now they froze a bit will they come back if brought in the house or trimmed back thank you that comes from dan in minnetonka they might uh it, it's worth a try we did have a a couple of very cold evenings i'm not sure how cold though it got in your garage the geraniums are probably okay they might look really weird uh but they they'll Tops will die back, but they might grow. And the hibiscus might also. It's actually a woody plant, depending on how old it was. All the foliage will be killed, but the buds actually might come back. So if you have a sunny location, you can uh, uh, put them there, see what's dead and alive, prune off what's dead, or or just wait and see uh, how it goes. Okay, good luck. Mm -hmm. Texter says, Mary, can I cut back my sedum and put down mulch on it and Asian lilies, coneflowers, etc.? Uh, you can if you're really kind of a neat nick and you want to clean things up. I don't do that, especially with sedum and coneflower. Uh, both of those have some winter interest, and so I leave those up and enjoy what they look like in the winter. Occasionally, I will cut the sedum and actually put, the, although those stems can get uh, soft, but sometimes I can put those into winter arrangements because the flowers on sedum, they're they're kind of interesting, add interest to Winter arrangements are pots that you do outdoors. And the uh, echinacea, right, the coneflower, 
has seeds in it that you will find the finches, birds will come oh. and sit on those and uh, feed on that in the wintertime. So uh, for wildlife purposes uh, and appearance, you can leave them up. All right, very good. 651-989-9226 if you want to phone in your lawn or garden question for Mary. George is calling from Delano, I believe. Good morning, George. Good morning. How can we help you? I want to know when I should prune a plum tree. How do you? When do you plume a uh, trim a plum tree? Uh, in the winter time, uh, most people don't do it right now. The commercial people are all doing it late winter or early spring. So before it leaves out in the winter time, you could do it right now. The plants are getting into total dormancy, so if it's easier for you to do it now, you can. But anytime through the winter. All right. If you want to send a text to Mary, 81807. Here's one. I brought my lime tree into the house. Now the leaves have yellowed spots appearing on them. It seems to hold its own but doesn't really grow. I have transplanted it this summer. It may still be recovering from the transplant shock. Uh, I would just give it really uh, good light conditions and be careful about the watering. Uh, the lime is another citrus, does need quite a bit of water, but overwatering can be a problem as well. So really good uh, light conditions. Uh, you probably don't need to fertilize this plant because it's still uh, recuperating, but uh, just really as, as much light as possible. I have found citrus really do better in a clay pot. Uh, the plastic pots, unless they're really wide, have a lot of aeration on the top, uh, are for me have been more problematic. Mm. So I like clay pots. They're a pain in the neck. They're ugly. They're heavy. But they <laughs> allow true. that aeration for the roots, so there's a better uh, amount of oxygen uh, usually in a clay pot than there is in a plastic pot. But plastic is light, and it's easy. You don't have to water as often. So that's, so that's a trade-off. It's a trade-off. That's right. 651-989-9226. I see a line open if you want to fill it for a question for Mary. Or again, if it's easier, send a text, 81807. You know what we haven't done yet is talk about what's going on at the Arboretum. Oh, wow. Yes. So the Arboretum is transforming itself this week. For the big opening on Friday of Winter Lights, the joy What's that of about? Winter Lights. There are actually fourteen different uh, light displays, fourteen mm. different locations, close to the main building. There's going to be a new s'more village this year outside, where you can buy s'mores. Uh, Schwamm Vineyards is having wine tasting on Friday and Saturday nights. So this light display is from Friday through Sunday. It's a weekend thing from 5 to 9 p.m. Uh, it's free with admission. If you're a member, it's free to go see uh, at the Arboretum. But a, a fantastic display of lights. The huge poinsettia tree in the Great Hall will be there, and that's that's always fun to see. But it's a, a candy lane wonder coming in the drive, and then the gatehouse is a gumdrop house. So it's a lot of fun, a lot of lights, great for the kids to see. Uh, there'll be some events going on on the weekends, I'm sure, but it starts this Friday. It starts this Friday. I'm thinking of all the guests and family members who will be coming to yes, town for this holiday season. What a great destination that is. Yes, it's really a lot of fun. There are a lot of things to see inside, but you can walk outside, see the lights. Uh, dusk is a great time to get there, so the lights really show from 5 to 9 p.m. And how do we get there for those that don't know? The Arboretum is on the west side of the city, 
It's uh, on Highway 5, so just keep going west, uh, just west of the intersection of 41 and 5. Yeah, easy to find. Yes. All right. Sounds like fun. 651-989-9226. Speaking of which, let's go back to the phones. Tom is calling from Minneapolis, I believe. Tom, what is your question for Mary? Yeah, we have a house that's in basically it's probably Zone 3 and plant daffodils, and they do not go brown. Uh, I mean, still in July, they're still green. And there's, a, there's a great quote I read online that said, they, you're so happy they come to the party, but then they never leave. Uh, <laughs> Thank when, you for that <laughs> quote, Tom. Is that a great one? Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, they just don't go brown, and I end up cutting them back uh, usually, like, probably the first week in July, but it's, uh, they're still green. Yes, I, I think that might have something to do with a shorter growing season and cooler weather conditions that you have in zone three. So the daffodils, and they, you know, they kind of get a later start there. So the longer you can leave them green, the better it is, the more photosynthesis they'll uh, be doing and putting those uh, sugars back into the bulbs for next year. Uh, daffodils are a good plant that does uh become a, a better perennial than tulips are. So I would encourage you to keep them, let them be green as long as possible. <laughs> but sometimes you can put other things with them, uh, ferns, ornamental grasses, other plants will grow up around them so that you don't notice that uh, foliage green uh, or eventually turning brown. Thank you, Tom. Uh Mary, Tammy from Champlin sent in a text that says this, I've got a big old long needle pine tree. It's over 50 years old. It's kind of weird shape, but it's always been healthy. During the past few weeks, it dropped about 50% of its needles and young branches. It looks terrible. What's up? Wow. I am sorry to hear that with the long needles. It could be our wonderful white pine, which has a long needle five in a bundle. The only other thing, I think you should take a picture of this and send it to the Ask a Master Gardener uh, through extension.umn.edu online. In the fall, evergreens do lose a lot of their foliage. Now, this is foliage that's on the inside of the plant, near the main trunk and the older needles. The tips should all be green and, um, and healthy. So if it is not that and you're seeing yellow and dying way out at the tips, there could be another problem. So take a picture of it, and uh, hopefully we can help you through uh, looking to see what it is. But it is normal for uh, foliage to drop in the fall, and and this can be a lot of foliage that will come out and be brown on the ground, but it's the, the tips should be green. If they're not, it's something else. Okay. Uh, Texas, we had an earlier question for those that maybe tuned in late about the, the magnolia tree and the deer mm-hmm. eating the yes. uh, magnolia trees and deer issues. Hang, this is a suggestion, hang CDs on the magnolia trees. Light reflects off them, and the uh, deer don't like it. Also, shake away, must be a brand name, granular predator urine works great to repel deer. I hadn't heard oh, of that. Great. But thanks, you, you had suggested the about the fox and the coyote. Yes, urine. So, right. Uh, and the CDs, that's interesting. I've heard those more for... Um, Woodpeckers. For birds. Yeah. Yes. For birds, that light reflection, reflective tape and so on will often, and the movement will often uh, deter birds. But uh, try it out. Those are easy things that yeah. you can try that uh, might work. Well, you know, you suggested, Mary, earlier about uh, uh, Irish Spring, and my wife has had success 
with uh, hibiscus trees hang. Now you got to remember you're hanging these bars of soap in a little baggie, yes. but it kept them away. Good. Good. So that part. Yes, yeah, our spring is very fragrant. Yeah. yeah. All right. Tell you what, let's do. We need to take a quick break here for those uh, folks on the line. Hang on, and texters as well. Uh, text number, by the way, is eight one eight zero seven. We have a bunch of those, Mary. We'll have to take care of when we uh, return after the break. Uh, partly sunny highs today, near twenty five. But Thanksgiving looks pretty good around here. Mostly sunny high then, near forty three. Right now, CCO temperature reading twenty two. And good morning. Welcome back to this portion of our Smart Garden Show. Here on A3OWCC, again, brought to us by our friends at By the Art. Uh, Denny Long here. Mary Meyer is uh, in from the University of Minnesota Extension helping us out. Uh, and, boy, I tell you what, we have so many texts. I don't want to forget about People our texters. People are still gardening. Of course they are. Absolutely. Uh, 81807 is the uh, text number. Let's see. I, I have to uh, back up a little bit. Oh, here's one. Uh, just curious, Texas says, I see so many spruce tops for sale. When they cut off the tops of the, all these trees, what happens to the rest of the tree? That's a good question. Yeah. I've asked people that myself. Uh, evergreens don't regenerate when the tops are cut off. But many of these come from lands where they are managed and uh, owned by people who say it's okay or have given their okay for uh, cutting the trees. So nobody should be wild harvesting these. It's illegal to do that. But uh, when, where they are harvested, they are in, usually in managed uh, lands. Okay. Uh, in Maple Grove, Texas says, with heavy clay soil, I have lost two spires of a mature river birch, and the remaining spire had yellow leaves all summer. Thinking the soil acidity is too basic, I think they're trying to say that. Used a lot of acidifiers all summer, but it didn't seem to help. An adjacent tree 50 feet away is starting to show patches of yellow now as well. Any suggestions? It doesn't seem like this is the right tree for the site or trees for the site. Now, river birch will have more tolerance than the white uh, birch does, but uh, it is very difficult to change the pH of your soil to grow trees. So it's not recommended. This is like a, a bucket of water into the ocean. Our soils are more alkaline around the city, so it's better off to plant trees that will grow in these alkaline conditions. So you could try a honey locust. You could try um, hackberries. You could try some of the new forms of disease-resistant American elms. There are some Asian elms that uh, our foresters are recommending now for good trees to plant. So I would think, of pl- think about planting different species species of trees there, ones that are not so um, intolerant of the alkaline soils. Oh, okay. Good point. Let's go back to the phones, Mary. Jean in Stillwater has been waiting. Go ahead, Jean. Good morning. Um, yes. On my apple tree this year, I ended up with some spots all over that were kind of frog green when they first came, and then they grayed out. And I found an article in my daughter's computer that said that it was a gray spot mold and that it, it was not toxic. But I was. it said also that it came from the leaves. I was wondering if you know anything about that and if there's anything that I can do to get rid of it. I had a bumper crop of apples this year, but they were all spotted. There are numerous problems that will come on apples. There are actually more insect problems then there are disease problems. Uh, it could be that you have this gray spot mold 
and um, the recommendation for that for a homeowner, sanitation is one of the recommendations, cleaning up the, tr- the foliage under the tree this time of year, cleaning it up during the year, and probably preventative sprays. But um, I don't like to spray my apple tree. I like to use more um, organic means because... Of course, we, we want to eat uh, all the apples that are there. So I would encourage you to go to look on the website for uh, apples and growing apple trees, uh, extension.umn.edu. Look at the pictures that are there, the foliage, and the fruit to determine exactly what uh, your issue um, is that you have there. Uh, sanitation, cleanup, uh, those are uh, primary things to do for a homeowner. All right, very good. Let's pick up on some text messages here, Mary. Here's one. Was it a very short-lived season for moms this year? What do you do but cover them every night? I think it was a short-lived season for moms, although I have a centerpiece mom that still has some flowers on in my garden underneath the leaves and underneath the snow. It te- They tended to be later. Some of our moms that are for sale today are not so day-length sensitive, so that you can find ones that bloom earlier uh, and earlier. Um, at this point, yes, it's been a, a too cold too quickly for many of our fall-blooming perennials, and I'm afraid the season is over for them. Hopefully we'll have a better year next year. Uh, text, in fact, let's grab a couple of them. They're somewhat related, I'd say. Uh, first question is, when do you prune Japanese lilac trees? And the other one was, can you trim lilacs anytime now to spring? It, it depends if you want, if you care about the flowers. Most people are interested in lilacs flowering. So the best time to prune them is just after they flowered. So same goes for that Japanese uh, lilac, which the tree lilac, which blooms later. So just as they finish flowering in the spring, do your pruning then. Then you will not damage any of the flower buds for next year. You won't hurt the plant if you prune them right now, but you'll be cutting off the flower buds. All right. Uh, Here's another text, Mary, that says, I have uh, saved my hanging fuchsias from summer. Do I cut them back now? Thank you. Uh, You don't have to cut them back. You know, fuchsias are actually a perennial shrub. If you've traveled to some of South America, Mexico, and so on, you can see those as a a fairly large shrub. So they can be grown year-round if you have bright, light, and sunny conditions. If they're getting long and leggy, you could prune them off, but you don't have to do any pruning. Again, just clean them really well because they might have insects on them and put them in a bright window. They like cooler weather conditions, which uh, we've got that now. Yeah, we do, for <laughs> sure. When should strawberries be covered, Texter wants to know. Uh, now, <laughs> yes. Yeah, we wait till the soil is uh, cold and now some frost in the top mm-hmm. of the soil. So you can cover them now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Another text uh, says, I'd like to uh, grow tulips in a container next spring. Is this possible? It is possible. Uh, you have to cold treat the bulbs. Uh, tulips will not flower without a cold treatment or what we call vernalization. Uh, a lot of companies are doing this for us. And so you can, in the spring and uh, through the winter, you can buy tulips already cold treated. If you buy bulbs yourself, uh, you can put these in a pot or actually some 
better in a pot with soil than with water. You actually put them in a cold place or in your refrigerator for about six weeks. After six weeks of cold treatment, you could take them out and they will flower. Some varieties are better for uh, indoor forcing than others, but if you still have some bulbs, this is one way to get them flower, especially if you cannot get your shovel in the soil because it is now frozen. Texter says this, I know we're almost out of time. How can I keep my boxwood bushes from getting winter burn? We lost our four-year-old boxwood bushes last winter. Oh, Mm. last winter was horrific, wasn't it? Well, it's it's protection from the wind. I think burlap is probably your best uh, protector from the wind. I have boxwood on the north side of my house. I put no protection on it, but it's because it's the north side, so it's protected from the sun and the winter winds in the south, so burlap wrapping. Yeah, I planted, was it a year ago or so? Maybe it was more. I have about a dozen new boxwoods I planted, and they survived quite well, probably on the east, southeast uh, oh, good, good for you. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah but I, you know what else works? Uh, not to plug a, <laughs> a client, but the wilt stop. It's oh, a, yes. It's a spray that kind of puts a clear, mm-hmm. uh, clear coating on it, and it seems to help a little wilt bit. Wilt proof or something. Especially yes. on the Christmas trees. Christmas commercial trees. people use those. Yes, yeah. they're to keep it, reduce transpiration. How about their website at the U of M? Extension.umn.edu. Excellent. Thanks, My Mary. It's good to see you. Happy Thanksgiving Happy to you and your family. I know you've got Thank a bunch you. of folks coming over. So thanks again, Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.